Are you ready to take your team's volleyball game to the next level? On the Volleypod, we talk to top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategy for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your team's game today. Good evening and welcome to the Volleypod. How are you this evening, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. You're back from uh, your adventure, Las Vegas. Absolutely. In a scooter. In a scooter <laughs> in Las Vegas. Just like a lot of people. but uh, <laughs> Just like a lot of people in Vegas. But, uh, you know, it was crazy. My first time coaching in a scooter. We had a good run. We went 6-1. and one. We got ninth in the Liberty Division. Lost to a really scrappy team in the first round of the playoffs. I feel like we could have played better, but I also think they deserve to beat us um you know so we got some work to do but it was a great experience super right. stoked yeah good stuff well good to be back in the the volley cave with you we're uh sponsored by the art, art of coaching, coaching and we got our our code going Absolutely. and uh so code is volleypod v-o-l-l-e-y-p-o-d you can get 20 percent off almost anything on there besides a couple of books we're going to talk about one of those today yeah, Karch's book, book. That's wonderful it. and um, you can also get 20 percent off premium memberships so anytime you buy anything on there please use volleypod and uh, you'll save some money so uh, we got a great relationship with them, and it's going awesome, and we're thrilled to be uh, back at it. That's it. Well, I think you're starting off today with a skill. What I'm do you have for us? starting off with the skill. So today is the skill that we haven't touched on yet really at all, and it's coverage. So this is attacker coverage. Attacker coverage. Okay, I like this one. Yes, me too. And I think it's an underrated skill, and I think it's an undertaught skill. Undertaught, I would agree, yeah. So I'm going to first talk about the importance of coverage. And I, the way I want to frame it is this. Kills are hard to come by. Blocks are even harder to come by. When the team thinks they got a block and you don't let them get a block, it is so discouraging. Yeah. So We I, have a name for that. What do you call it? We call that the flip script. Oh, yes, the I mean, flip I, script. You told me a little script, bit. Yeah. Yes. So when you have ones like that or a ball that they think is down and the kid makes some kind of wild save or the ball that's blocked straight down and we cover it they're celebrating the block and we flip the script on them and then you win those points they're worth more than one yes absolutely and it's uh it's saving a point obviously it's so just as important as a dig so i almost think that coverages should be tracked as a stat in in the box score Ooh, i like you that. know so i really think it's important and something that's overlooked because it is it doesn't happen all the time at the lower levels at the higher levels, it happens a lot, yeah. right? So, so let's get into it. Um, well, the first thing I want to say is coverage obviously is covering when the attacker gets blocked, right? We all know that, but it also, to me, includes calling where the attacker should hit, okay, and uh, giving them information. So, example would be two up, seam, line, or calling, you know, where the smaller blocker is, you know, so stuff like that is included. Ah, in coverage. So that's an interesting one. So you make that part of coverage. Yes. Now is one person doing that or is or more than one doing that? So right now they're all saying random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> but ultimately what I want is one to describe the block and one to tell them where they're hitting and the rest to cover and get them to be aggressive. Okay. That's what I like. So two up, you hear from one person, and then line, you hear from another person, and then everyone else is like, swing, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, and I think the 
getting back to coverage a little bit, that idea of you're saying swing, it, it really helps your team in a different way, giving your hitters confidence. Absolutely. So if you're going to cover your hitters and your hitters, you can tell them to challenge the block and they go, yeah, I'll challenge the block because if I risk. get blocked, we're going to be covered. Right. Absolutely. It gives them that and sense And if you don't cover and they get blocked and they're hanging their heads, Right. So it, it's a huge confidence builder, I think, for your for your attackers. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I totally agree with that. So let's get into how to do it. Okay. So we were talking about this just really briefly pre-pod, but the more practice time that I have, the more I sort of script out the way the coverage should look. But the big thing is to cover, right? And so the first thing I have them do is crash. One of the things that we know is that most blocks land within five feet of the attacker. So we want to get to within five feet from the attacker. Okay. It seems like everyone goes, I got deep. <laughs> and like everyone has deep when they're not trained to cover, right? So I want them to crash. And I basically made a rule with my uh, teams that are just learning. They all have to be inside the 10 foot line. No one covers deep. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, yeah. And if they can block a ball over our head, then good for them. Um, and eventually we've evolved out of that, but I want everyone tight in there. Okay. Okay. So um, stop and look. Okay. So they need to stop and everyone says, look at the block. I'm not one of those guys. I say they need to see both. And the reason I want them to see both is so that they can see the trajectory of the attack got it so if the ball's being attacked into the angle more than likely if it's a solid block it'll be blocked into the angle and if you are aware of those angles of deflection you can position yourself accordingly that's a good point i like that okay um most coverage plays are reaction plays so they don't have time for mine or even sometimes to get two hands on it okay. so it's okay to look weird and have the play be ugly on coverage it's okay to run into each other it's okay to reach over each other all those things are fine because it's a reaction play um, sometimes trying to get two hands on it can actually even make it even harder right so i typically i always say two hands i'm not one of those one hand coaches um you know i know i know it's getting a little more popular but um i think in this scenario because it's just so fast that so my question to you so you look at video how low what's their posture i love this question because i mean they got to be really low and one of the things that i do is i put, i tell them to put their knee on the ground if they're the person at the net so typically the middle will run their route and then turn and cover i want that player to put their knee on the ground okay so yeah. now that's specific i like that yeah. so i like specific stuff so knee on the ground so your knees on the ground you're not covering exactly all right yes so and simple it, exactly and that's the player that's closest to the net and if they're further away, the ball is obviously going to have a little more time, but they need to be really with their sink sunk down in their position, you know, loaded and like they're digging a quick is the way I would say yeah, it. It was even faster than that. It's Absolutely. not even traveling that. It's if it goes straight down to that middle. Absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> they got to be already <laughs> yeah. down there, right? Um, again, no priority. So it's like, can, can the setter cover it? Great. Can the middle cover, whoever covers it? Great. No priority. Whoever gets it, gets it and they want to trust their first instinct. If someone ends up setting the second ball who's a non-setter, so be it. And then there's also this idea of the dish where it's like you form a dish around the um, around the attacker. Yep. And if you have more time, you'd like three and then two filling in. That's what I'm a three-two guy. Okay, three-two, and I call it three-two plus one, where it's three close 
right? Two fill in the seams. And then the one, the plus one is the attacker who often forgets to cover that self coverage. is Yes, absolutely. We've had players who are good at that. And then we've had players who aren't good at that. And especially with tight balls and they get blocked, the ball lands right in front of them. (laughs) I'm asking them, do you have an idea you might be blocked? I mean, the set was horrible and tight. There's a huge block in front of you. Why are you surprised? (laughs) Well, and they're usually the first one to know, right? (laughs) They should be. You'd think. You would think so. Davis, I got yeah. blocked a ton, so I guess I was the one who, for me personally, it's like, well, hey, I'm getting blocked all the time. I have a good feel for that. Right? I guess for hitters and you know some of my hitters who don't get blocked, I'm like, wait, nobody can block me. Right. Maybe that's a good thing. Right. It, well, and to that point, like, and Ojan has been big on this. Even a kick, a knee, like the kick anything. is big now. Yeah. yeah that's, so that, yep. Anything you can do to keep the ball alive, because like we said, it's a reaction play. Um, next. Um, we want to get as many players involved as coverage as possible. So once they flow through their route, we want them to turn and rush to cover. And I say rush to cover so that they can have plenty of time to get stopped, talk to the hitter and all that stuff. But what I see all too often is they're walking in to cover and or not even stopped and prepped. Well, especially now, hey, everybody's going faster, right? Right. It's not right. like the old days where, hey, you're looping up the super high set, you so time. you can, yeah. uh, you know, have a cigarette, saunter over there, and cover. You know, <laughs> exactly. not, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, Things fast. are, you know, routes are fast, and you know they set the go, and you got to hustle your butt there to get stopped, right? And absolutely, low. absolutely. And uh, I call coverage the circle of trust. Okay. Ah. <laughs> I want it to be like coverage. It doesn't sound as supportive as the circle of trust, right? I want them to be, I want them to trust that that circle will be protected. Yeah. Right? I think I heard one. If you love or cover, did I tell you that? Oh, no, but I love <laughs> If you love or cover. I love that. <laughs> so, That's awesome. And little, then I'll have the, for, the little for our girls teams, but it's, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then, um, the libero on the way I the way I do it, and this is not the way everyone does it, but the libero will call coverage, and I like them to literally have their arms out like big like this and swoop people in. I call it swooping people into cover. So they may not actually be physically touching them, but it's like this action of gathering everyone to cover. So libero will call cover and gather everyone into coverage. So and yes. and that libero is then left back. Yes, generally they're they are left back. Okay. Yes, and they'll still swoop everyone in. And then middle back can also do that because they're probably the deeper player. Right. Yeah. So I usually try to give a little more. Uh, yeah, I have the usually middle backs do the calling the cover. Libero is for at least the left side is really trying to be the eyes for that left side hitter. Right. But okay. the libero's got to cover the quick. Right. There's nobody else can cover the quick except the setter and libero. That's a good point. Yeah, because they're onto their routes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, and then the other thing about coverage is covering is great, but I see a lot of cover to free ball and we want to get a cover so that we can get a swing. And so there's a couple things with that. First of all, everyone needs to be capable and willing to set. And then the other thing I really love is when you get blocked on one side, try to switch the flow and you may not get full transition, but often they don't get any transition when they get covered, but there is time. So as much transition as possible, and that may only mean just maybe get a little shuffle back and get a two-step approach. It may not be getting any approach, but as much transition as you can. And if you can switch the flow, that's awesome. Um, so that's really what I got on 
coverage, except to say that uh, last thing is, it's my understanding that Russ Rose, who we all know as you know one of the best coaches of all time, he values coverage as one of the distinguishing properties between liberos. So he's got so many great choices for a libero that can all pass and defend and set and serve. Um, serving and coverage are two of his big ones. You see yeah, his liberos no, bombing and, jumpers and covering. He talks about that, and one of his things is, hey, it's a it's a rare volleyball skill that everybody on the court has to do. Yep. Absolutely. What other what other skills? And you might say, well, out of system setting, maybe everybody has to do. But is there anything else that everybody is doing now with subbing? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's kind of a skill of will. You know what I mean? It's just being exactly. ready all the right. time. It's not going to happen that often. And when it does, it's all oh, how many times have I told you to cover? But right. you know, uh, I have a couple things for sure. you. Sure. Yes. Uh, how about the the backside attack? So. You're in a 6-2 a lot. Yes. And so this is one where if we think about it and we set the five or the red behind to that right side attacker in the 6-2, the setter is, let's say, in the middle of the court. So there's really, I think a lot of balls are blocked straight up the sideline. Yes, that's a good point. So then that ball for me is really more of a specialized coverage route that middle back has to take. That's a good point. And middle back really has to sprint because they're cover they're they're covering more ground, uh, getting from middle back all the way to the ten foot line to the right sideline to cover that. And I think that's a practiced skill there. Variant of typical coverage, right? Outside. Because I just yeah. don't think that the libero, if your libero is in left back, they is going to get there. all the way yeah. over to the sideline. You don't want them there. Uh, so that's something we practice. And if you have a pipe attacker that likes to get on their pipe or bick route, right. and then they're not set and you set the red, then they got they to hustle. Now, yeah. if your offense is good, you shouldn't be getting blocked a lot. That's the <laughs> exactly. other thing. Right. Some come to coaches are saying, you spent too much time on coverage. Let's get our offense better so you don't get blocked. Right. Uh, right. But we're challenging the block all the time. Absolutely. We're going to get blocked. That's yes. what it would be. So, so that's one. That's a good one. Uh, how about this one? coverage of overpasses <laughs> and setter dumps that are hit in the net where you have extra contacts oh i love and it. kids forget about it oh i love it so starting rallies with hey i want you to redirect this ball in the net everybody's covering and then we play it oh that's cool i like or that. the setter setter dump it in the net hit it off the top of the tape. Somebody's got to knock it over and let's keep playing. I love that. So all those spontaneous things. Missing the quick. I'm always, yep, missing the quick is a libero yep. coverage yep. all the time. Yep. Um, the other one is letting balls go out. I think that's something too that we have to look at, whether it's self-coverage or we see some players all of a sudden they never cover. And then the one time they cover the ball six feet out, it's like, <laughs> right. now you decide to cover, right? <laughs> right? Have point. we practiced that? Yes, that's a good point. So that's another one. And then uh, what else did I have? Oh, uh, you know, the one that I see a lot is back row attacks. And a lot of times that coverage does not happen. Does not happen. Yes. And we're yes. back there looking back at that attack. And that's one where, hey, the ball's going to travel closer to the net, right? Right. So it's not going to it's not going to periscope go over the block from that far off the net unless you have a pretty nice back row attack. Right. right. Uh, 
which means that, hey, that ball is going to get blocked sometimes. Right. Uh, that's one we have to cover. So those are a couple things. Uh, but uh, now, Laya, one more question for you. Do you differentiate, because you're a crasher, so yeah. you don't really differentiate serve, receive, and transition. Not Because much, they yeah. don't have places. So you would say, oh, just wherever you are, go crash. Yes, basically, okay. yeah. But I, but I do think there is something to be said for having a little order to, and, and again, if I have time, I like to do it where, you know, I got your short, I got your deep, and or switch, you know, so like, yeah. Well, where is the, you know, is the libero, if the libero, let's say, has to pass in right back, is she still going to be doing that left back coverage right. with uh, calling the shot for our attacker? Or is her coverage route go right through our Piper Bick route? That's what I was And so there are a bunch of things to work out there. And yes. so there are some people who believe, hey, we just cover where we are in serve receive and we switch when the ball goes over. Yeah. There are other Coaches are going, no, 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 no. My left back is my left back. She's a coverage specialist and I need her there. So I would I would lean towards the first just yep. for me. Yep. But um just because I, I feel like what you said about them crashing in they're like going to cover before the route has developed, that happens unfortunately, and we get we don't get attacks on that. That is a weird yeah. thing because I have sometimes you have those left backs who they don't get space. And then if we set the ball off the net, they're sitting in the attacker's way. And I'm going, wait a minute, you gotta get, you gotta get back to 15 feet before you come in. They go, well, I'm saving staff. I'm just gonna kind of hang out here and cover. <laughs> well, now you gotta get out of there. Exactly, exactly. Well, right on. So undertaught skill, we're gonna, we'll talk about a little bit how to teach it in the drills. And we have some drills that'll be in the show notes, but I mean, definitely if you can train it a little bit more, you can definitely save your team some points. It'll definitely be worth it. Last thing I'll sure. say, and you know this is my favorite, is we cover out of the net in practice. Yes, I love that. And we cover out of the net in practice all the time just because it is it doesn't happen often enough. So That's you can one. really tell if you cover out of the net, you're giving your team two, three, four, five times. Well, hopefully you're not hitting the ball in the net that much. Um, <laughs> but you're right. giving them at least double the amount of practice they would have if every ball hit in the net is coverable. I love that. And then the other thing I said pre-pod to you, I think it should be a stat. I think it should I be like a stat. I like it. Yeah. I make it a stat. So, all right. So we're on to the scenario and you got the scenario for the week. What do we got? Scenario is, it's got a weird one because I was talking to a beginning coach and asking her, I was watching a match and I was asking her about or when to call a timeout and there was some, and you know, I'm a guy who says, hey, use your timeouts. Same. Don't let them sit. Call your timeouts when the set is in doubt. So if that means the other team, you know, you call one at, you know, let's say it's 5-0 and you call one and then it gets to 8-0, you call another one. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. You've used your timeouts. Well, right. But if you wait any longer, the match is over. Right. So use your timeouts. Anyway, getting back to it. Uh, this coach was telling me, well, yeah, I didn't call it after the first one and they were kind of on a roll. I, I just didn't know what to say. Uh, okay. I'm going interesting because that, that yeah. doesn't, you know, after coaching for a lot of years, <laughs> I can't remember when I was like that, but I talked to a couple other coaches and they're like, yeah, timeouts are kind of weird because we're playing crappy and I call right. a timeout and everybody comes and looks at me and then I got to provide some answers and sometimes I feel like I don't have them. That's a valid. So having a toolbox 
for, hey, what are your go-tos and timeouts? So that's our subject. I love it. I love it. So, uh, hey, we're going to use the timeouts because it's a rare opportunity we have to influence a match. We can slow things down. And people can argue, hey, do timeouts really change momentum? Hey, it's one thing you can use at your disposal. Use right. it. Yep. Um, use them when the game is in doubt. I'm going to say that again. Don't wait. You know, I see these coaches calling them when it's, you know, 23 to 12. It's like, wait a minute, it's over. Right. You know, why are we calling now? What do you, I don't have anything to say to my team about coming back in that set right there. Right. I want to call them when we have a chance to win. Uh, so, I'm calling timeouts. Number one, if it's a big values thing. And for me, if there is a, a gross lack of effort, if there is mm. a gross thing where somebody's a horrible teammate, if there's a gross thing where somebody has a really bad attitude, then I'll Take call it, it right yeah. away. I don't care what the score is. I love it's it. It's like, hey, this is who we are. This is who we aren't. Yeah. And I want to make that, we send that message and make that a strong message. So that's number one for me is a values timeout. And I might call that at two zero or whenever, and I might whenever just waste the time out. Right. It, it doesn't have anything to do with winning the set now. When well, it's not wasted, it's really it's, valuable. Well, no, it's the yeah. most valuable one we have, but right. it's more important than the set. When I say wasted, wasted as far as winning that set. Yes, yes. Um, it's all about, hey, our values. It's more important than any one set. Oh, great point. I love that. Second one is emotion. Okay. And so this is one, I, I want to say I heard this from your old, one of your old mentors, Mary Jo. Okay. And she talked about, hey, there's a tactical timeout and there's an emotional timeout. And yes. I always remember that. Yes. And so this idea of emotion. So you look at your team, your team is down, lack of communication, and you call a timeout, team comes over to you. How do you respond? And so I'm a, I'm a guy that I, I love just, keep toming on coaches, you know, yes, that yes. I'm walking around the gym and I'll stop and, <laughs> Ooh, I think that coach is a good coach. What are they saying in the timeout? Yes. So things that coaches say and that I don't want to say that I used to say is, you know, things like you guys got to talk, right? Right. <laughs> There's no energy out there. Right. You know, things like that, that there are no solutions. Right. I'm just describing the problem that everybody knows. That's a great So point. I'm not helping them with those things. So I am into these behaviors. And I want to be an agent to change behaviors. And so we want to practice these things and things like let's sprint, sprint into and out of the huddle with great eye contact. I love it. And yeah. that's going to help us get our emotion back. Let's sprint on subs. Let's sprint in and out. I like it. Let's sprint after the ball and get it to our server. Cool. So now we have behaviors. I like let's it. get six voices in serve receive, yes. maybe 12 voices if the ball's deep and we're calling it out on the bench. Okay. Okay. So cool. can we get those little things that are specific behaviors rather than going, you guys aren't talking. Right. No right. complaining during timeouts if right. you're a coach. Yes. Yep. So uh, my emotional go-tos, and this is one I stole from Ojan. We have time. I like it. Okay. Yes. Hey, it's, you know, we're down 12 to eight. We're not even halfway through the game yet. We're okay. We have time to come back. So we have time is a big one. And I always want to be this purveyor of hope. I am selling hope that, hey, we just called a timeout. Things aren't going well for us right now. But, hey, success is right around the corner. Yes. Right there. Uh, let's take a deep breath and get ready for a run. I like it. Yes. Okay. little change of deep breath is they tell me that's good, all the brain science. Yep. Uh, how about this one? We all know volleyball. When good teams play good teams, momentum's going to swing. 
It's our turn for a run. Let's make it a long one. Yes, <laughs> okay, I so, like that. All right. I like so that. So once again, we're just trying to set the stage for something good happening. Yes. And and framing the situation for them as more of a doable situation than maybe they might believe it to be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and in practice, you're going to have times where you can practice this. So in practice, you're going to have that time where your team loses five points in a row and you say, okay, we're calling timeout. Here's what I'm going to say. And here's what I would like you to do, okay? Perfect. This is what's going to happen. I'm gonna communicate, you're gonna hear these types of words and we're gonna go out and we're gonna be ready to play a little better. And like that's it. what we're doing now. And so yes. we're gonna to get together. That togetherness is gonna to help us. And then we're gonna go back out and play a little better. Uh, things to stay away from. We talked a little bit about a couple of things. Recounting each error and rubbing it in. Right. <laughs> okay. Hey, on the pass, make sure you did. Hey, when you hit, you got to do. Hey, when you're setting, you got to do. And as a young coach, I did a lot of that, Davis. I was always trying to fix every error. Uh, and then technique fixing, right? right. Too. It's like, oh, you got to hold your hand here. And do. No, That's not the time for that. Not the time. Yeah. Not the time. Uh, and then I have some tactical things. Okay? okay. So we had emotional, and now we have tactical. Beginning teams, uh, usually you're calling timeout, the other team's on a run. Right. So, hey, we have a secondary formation. Can we put more people in server seat? Can we give our best passer more area? All these uh, adjustments that you can make during a timeout. Adjustments, yeah. right. Uh, reminders. If that's a tough server, can we go into this kind of tough server uh, mode right. where our setter is going to take another step off the net because we're going to pass higher and off the net more? can our passers double the height of the pass and can everyone be second ball defensive contact and be ready to help out because we know that hey this is She's a good tough. server yeah absolutely uh, reminders number two uh set our most reliable attacker if they're on a run and reminding our setters that for beginning teams and then remember if you don't have a great swing this is our out place remember free balls go here I love and it. so just those reminders more advanced teams Serve, receive reminders, still that pass higher second ball defense, change formation and or route. So like giving that. them kind of a new reset. Yes. Okay. And especially at the higher level, we found that in the qualifier where they would come in with a different play after a timeout and it would just be enough to get a kill. Yep. Yeah, love yep. it. Uh, and then attacker plan of attack. Hey, we're challenging the edges with heat and we're covering like mad women. Remember our best shot is this. I love it. Um, yes. Lastly, let's say the other team. Let's say the other team calls a timeout. Right. Oj is doing some stuff where he doesn't talk to him. I've seen that he has not so partner up. He and partners stuff. up yeah. and says them. I like being a predictor. Hey, right. we just walk the ball. Make sure we get the tip. Hey, this is their weakest rotation. They're going. The setter is going to dump here because they their two worst hitters are in there. And can I be a predictor in that situation? And lastly, can I be a positive model? Can I find somebody? Can you believe that cover play Sid made? Yes. And so we kind of celebrate some great play. That's cool. So that's it for uh, timeout stuff Man. to say. How about you got anything else? Uh, I would just go back to t technique. No technique. I see tons of coaches and I see, uh, teaching technique. It's not the time for it. And just tons of coaches complaining. It's right. like they're, it's, it's probably frustrating for everyone. That's why you're calling a timeout. Right. And you need to not be that, right? You, yeah, you got to get that reset. Fresh air. Right? Yep. So. 
Awesome. You got videos? Yeah, I got, we'll have three videos in the show notes. Two are from Russ Rose. Um, One is the simple coverage drill where whoever gets set, you have a coach on the other side, throw a ball down like it's a cover ball. Pretty, um, you know, pretty simple but effective coverage drill. The other one from him is uh, sort of a situational coverage where he goes into some of those like we touched on just briefly where you know sort of different coverage scenarios and then there's also one from austin juniors where they got blockers up on a box and they need to get three tools or three covers and uh, all of these are great ways to um, promote coverage and to get more and more swings so those are videos they'll be on the show notes you guys can check them out those are on the art of coaching volleyball all right. So I what's got a our resource? Yeah. Karch's book. I just finished it, Davis. Oh. I have a copy here for you. This is what it looks like. Yes. This is what it looks like. Chasing greatness. Chasing greatness. Uh, I'll Karch. give you all this. I think we're going to do a whole episode on it. That's perfect. My, we got to do a perfect. whole episode. Yes. But I'll give you the one little teaser. And that is, he says, I regularly assign young players to watch models on YouTube. Love it. They have to take notes on what they learn from specific players. That's so cool. Good stuff. Good yes. stuff. Oh, it's, Legend. It's, it's great stuff. Legend. Great. Great. Yes. And it's on the Art of Coaching, Art of Coaching website. Volleyball website. Awesome. Karch's book. What another great episode. We talked about coverage. We talked about what to say during timeouts. There'll be drills un- unlocked on the show notes. And we talked really briefly about Karch's book, which you can get on Art of Coaching Volleyball. Anytime you buy anything on there, use code Volleypod, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. And check us out on social media, on Instagram at AOC.TheVolleyPod. And on Twitter at TheVolleyPod. Thanks a lot, Todd. Good stuff, Davis. Thanks. See you next Bye-bye. time.